Over 200,000 of the homeless people in the United States of America are women and girls. The most needed and understocked item in homeless shelters, feminine hygiene products. Joy Road Media is proud to tell you about the Clean Love Project. The Clean Love Project's mission is to help women and young girls feel clean, loved, and empowered by distributing clean love kits to alleviate their hygiene needs. Go to thecleanloveproject.org to find out how you can help. The Clean Love Project focuses on the Metro Detroit area, but it also distributes kits worldwide. If you are a female in need of a clean love kit, go to thecleanloveproject.org and request one today. Joy Road Media is a proud supporter of The Clean Love Project at thecleanloveproject.org. watch home alone i did yeah did you like it i did actually yay i liked it quite a bit yeah it's pretty good huh i thought that maybe i would have a blind spot for movies that came out between (laughs) 1990 and 1996 because Mm -hmm. i graduated in 1990 and i was working at a heavy metal punk club called blondies up until I started working in radio, and then when I worked in radio, I worked uh, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m., but uh, it turns out that I have seen a lot of movies Mm -hmm. during that time period. I I don't actually have any blind spots when it comes to the motion picture industry. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm just very well-versed, but somehow I did miss both Home Alone movies. Yes. Yeah. Well, because they're family movies and you were a little too old. Yeah, it came out when I was uh, 18 years old. So you were eight. You were the same age as Kevin Kevin character, Mm -hmm. even though Macaulay Culkin was 10 when he made this. Yes. My only complaint about it is I'm kind of surprised that Macaulay Culkin is not. I don't think he's particularly good as an actor in this Mm -hmm. and i get that it's a different kind of role but i'm i saw my girl and i saw the good son where Mm -hmm. i think he's phenomenal yeah and with this i just kind of felt like he knew he was in a movie and he seemed like he was always having fun even though even in scenes where his character wasn't supposed to be having fun Mm -hmm. he always just had kind of like a I'm excited because I'm in a movie uh, look on his face. I think that just kind of had to do with the fact that it was a Christmas movie. Yeah. I feel like in most Christmas movies, even when scenes are serious, you know, you're not always getting a performance where if it was like a serious movie. Yeah. Well, like Chris Columbus famously like really got along super well with him. Yeah. And John Hughes basically wrote the movie for him Mm -hmm. after seeing him in Uncle Buck. Yes. Like a year prior. Yes. Like basically wrote this movie for Macaulay Culkin. And then they still auditioned other actors Mm -hmm. just to make sure that they were right. Because really, Uncle Buck was the only thing he had done. Yeah. Yeah. He was um, the little brother. Yeah. And Uncle Buck. But he was great with John Candy in that. He was. And, you know, one of the things I quickly read was that people were saying that he was upstaging John Candy. And I think what they're doing is not 
understanding that John Candy was just a generous yeah. actor letting He his, was like that with everyone where yeah. he would just kind of like throw it out there and let you Yeah. You know. Oh my god. And John Candy has a few scenes in this movie mm-hmm. that he shot over the course of one day. Oh wow. 27 hours. Holy shit. Yeah. And did it as a favor, mm-hmm. got paid scale, so got paid for one day, basically, wow. with the overtime. So really did not make that much money. I think he made less than $1,000 on this. For some reason, $800 is sticking in my head as mm-hmm. how much he made, but I, I could be totally wrong about yeah. that. And then felt a little ripped off because this was in the Guinness Book as the highest grossing comedy of all time. I think it made something like $477 mm-hmm. million or billion dollars. I remember- when this movie came out on video like remember when you go to the video store and you could tell like what the new releases were because there would be like a full shelf of them mm-hmm. so we had to be on a waiting list to get the movie oh wow like we had to go in there before it was released be on a waiting list we were on like day two or whatever so we had to wait until someone brought the movie back and then they would call us and we could go pick oh, it I up i remember when that it went yeah. blockbuster, that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. And here's the other thing, too. John Candy improvised all of it. Did he really? Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. And he was a little bitter about the fact that they didn't compensate him greater. And mm-hmm. I agree with him 100%. When the movie made this much money, someone should have thrown him a little extra money just to say, hey, man, thank you so much. Yeah, for real. Yeah. I'm kind of surprised they didn't. Yeah, me too. Well, there's a lot of greed in the movie industry, so. Yeah, and I loved seeing, you know, right now I'm watching Shit's Creek, Mm -hmm. but I'm also of the age that I remember SCTV when it was brand new and stuff. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. so to get to see Catherine O'Hara and John Candy riff together, I was like, oh my God, like they are the best best improvisers like Mm -hmm. oh my they are so good in their scenes together they are like when he has this little speech about uh leaving someone at the funeral home Mm -hmm. or whatever just the way that they played it so perfectly and then knowing that that's all improvised yeah i'm like man you know i like melissa mccarthy and Mm -hmm. everything too but there's definitely a certain amount of riffing that she does in movies where you're like oh okay you're riffing yeah that was just like a fully fleshed out and the way that they were reacting Mm -hmm. to each other like it was like playing tennis where like the react like it was give and take and give oh my god because they don't go huge you know they're not trying to steal the scene they're just trying to make a scene like they're just trying to create something. They are yeah. very generous to each other. I think I read that she gave the eulogy at his funeral, too. Did she really? Yeah. Oh, uh, that's so sweet. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I really enjoyed their scenes together a lot. Yeah. And this is actually so Home Alone was my first like exposure to Catherine O'Hara. Oh, okay. Afterwards, I think I saw I saw her like in Beetlejuice, mm-hmm. and then she's in um the Christopher Guest movies a lot. Like I right. ended up seeing like Best in Show and stuff like that. But I remember really liking her so much because she's so animated. Mm-hmm. Like when she goes Kevin, you know, and where she has to kind of look directly at the camera. Yeah, and have these very big moments. I'm so used now to seeing her as Moira Rose yes. <laughs> in Shit's Creek that seeing her play like really subtle and really grounded mom, mm-hmm. I was like, wow, like I forgot 
because she, she does play a lot of big characters. Like mm-hmm. she plays big and Beetlejuice. And, yes. But just seeing her be a mom, mm-hmm. I was like, man, she is such an underappreciated actor. She's so amazing. Yeah. Like I think people go to her like, hey, we need a big flamboyant character. Mm-hmm. And they miss the fact that she also can play super grounded mm-hmm. people too. Yeah. Man, Catherine O'Hare is fucking amazing. She is fucking amazing. So I saw her also in this movie called For Your Consideration, which was kind oh, yeah, of yeah. like, you know, it wasn't one of the bigger like Christopher Guest movies, mm-hmm. but um, she basically plays um, an actress who's uh, shooting a movie and there, there starts to be Oscar buzz about it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, she ultimately doesn't end up, end up getting nominated. But it's um it's a real fun <laughs> look at how insane Hollywood is yeah. but she's so good in it because you see her go from working actor to someone with an inflated ego to kind of that kick after you realize like oh I'm right. not you know yeah I think she was the perfect person to play that because she just oh my god because she has so much range she's seeing, so good seeing her now with eugene levy in schitt's creek and mm-hmm. stuff it and then seeing this with her acting with john candy really makes me miss john candy i miss john candy too i bet he could be doing like super like oh he yeah died he, way too early he did he did wasn't he like 40 yeah i think when he passed away yeah. it was like i know it was really sudden because he was, um, wasn't he filming Wagons East or something yep. like that? It was like right in the middle of filming a movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's and then so great. John Hurd is the dad in this. Mm-hmm. was kind of fun seeing John Hurd in a family movie. But I always think of him as like playing heavies or playing bad guys and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. And he's just a dad. Yeah, he's just a dad. <laughs> I know. It's so funny. It's it's really funny to see a lot of these like heavy hitter actors in this family comedy. Right. Which is so like, which I didn't appreciate as a kid, but I so appreciate it as an adult. I, th- I think the actor's name is Robert Blossom, who plays Marley, the next door neighbor. Mm-hmm. And he had done a lot of like heavy roles mm-hmm. and was known for playing like cantankerous old men and yeah. stuff like that. Like he's in Escape from Alcatraz. Mm-hmm. And his scene. Yes. In the church. In the church, yeah. And realizing that because of, you know, child labor laws and stuff, Mm -hmm. he was probably acting opposite of the camera, maybe a stand-in. Yeah. Like, there's no way Macaulay Culkin would have had to have been there. For the whole thing, yeah. Yeah, to act opposite. Mm -hmm. Like, if he's not on the the screen, he probably wasn't on set. Yeah, exactly. So, the way that he delivers in that scene, I was like, oh my man he's so amazing like i i got choked up during that scene because i was like god i forgot about how he's just like hey like you don't have to be afraid of me i'm just your neighbor and then the way he opens up and he's like i'm here to see my granddaughter because you know i'm Mm -hmm. not close with my son anymore but he explains it in a way that's so perfect for a child to understand yeah and i like at the turn in that scene mm-hmm. where Kevin talks about being afraid of the basement until he goes down and does the laundry. Yeah. And the way he just kind of delivers the line of, I know the answer to this, but I'm still going to ask when it goes, so what's your point? Yeah. Like, oh, that line reading in itself just made me kind of mm-hmm. like well up a little bit where yeah. 
it was like you could feel the subtext of this of I see your point, but I want you to say it. Yeah. And yeah. Wow. I mean, this movie has a, you know, they say a masterpiece is a movie that has three great scenes and no terrible scenes. Mm -hmm. I don't think there are any terrible scenes in this Mm -hmm. movie. No. Um, And I think there are way more than three great scenes. This is definitely a masterpiece. I agree. Uh, Kieran Culkin playing the cousin who wets the bed. (laughs) Yes. Does a little subtle thing where when Kevin looks at him and he's drinking the Pepsi Mm -hmm. and then he puts down the Pepsi and he looks and he just does like a little thing with his eyebrows. I... Like I'm gonna I probably could have called it then. Like, oh, Kieran Culkin's gonna do some cool things. Oh hell and yeah, Kieran Culkin. Like, uh, uh, he's on the show Secession mm-hmm. on HBO, and yeah, yeah, I've seen a few episodes of that. He's amazing. Yeah. Oh god, he's so yeah. He's so good. So John Hurd is in the movie Chud, cannibalistic oh, humanoid right. underground dwellers, dwellers, mm-hmm. and uh, Daniel Stern is in that as well. Too. That's right. Yep. So I, I think it's, and this is weird too. That movie only came out five years prior to Home Alone. Mm-hmm. So yeah. like, that's like thinking of movies that came out in 2015. Like, I know. It just seems like those movies in my mind now are so disconnected yeah. and from completely different eras, even though they're only five they're years They're only apart. five years apart, yeah. So in the Daniel Stern role, Danny Roebuck, who has come up on the podcast before, mm-hmm. was originally cast. Was he really? In film scenes- and they just felt like he had no chemistry with Joe Pesci at mm-hmm. all. And they ended up firing him in kind of a shitty way. Mm. And they said, like, hey, you're going to get to keep your money, but you can't take any other roles until after the movie's finished filming. Really? Yeah. So, like, he was kind of, like, bitter about it, apparently. Mm-hmm. But he used the money that he got from this to buy his house. So, oh, yeah. well, that's good. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's good. At least they let him, you know, at least they didn't fire him and they were like, okay, you're not, you're only getting paid for what you did. Mm. But, I mean, that still kind of sucks. Back on the subject of Danny Robo, isn't that cool that we got to have that picture on our Facebook group with the uh, jacket? Yes. From mm-hmm. That is River's cool. River's Edge. Yeah. Yes. That is very cool. Yeah. I really like our Facebook group a lot. I do, too. They're so fun. They have so much, like, interesting stuff, and, like, it's really fun when stuff like that happens where they're like, oh, by the way, I have this, yep. or I had this interaction, or whatever. It's really fun. And here's a story, just because uh, Joe Apel, who's come up on the podcast a few times, yeah, told me one time, you know, he works in animation, mm-hmm. as I think I say every time I bring up Joe Apel. Yes. So he had to do something at a... Um, I think he maybe had a direct a voice recording thing or something like mm-hmm. that, or he was at a voice recording. Anyway, Larry Hankin, who plays the child or the home, the, crisis. the family crisis. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, he's in Breaking Bad, Better mm-hmm. Call Saul and stuff like that. He and Larry Miller the stand-up comedian yeah. mm-hmm. were in uh, the voiceover recording place at the same time. Mm-hmm. And Joe just got to basically be a fly on the wall while they sat and were, I think for some reason, I want to say talking about Christmas movies and maybe being a couple of Jewish guys that had to do all this Christmas. Oh, that's voiceover funny. Work. I could be wrong. I, I'm most likely wrong about the details of it, mm-hmm. but I just remember 
feeling the awe of like Joe telling me the story. Oh, of how he got of to just, just kind of sit there and listening like, to them. Yeah, Larry Miller and and Larry Hankin. Just like yeah. this is amazing. One just of, talking to each other like two old friends and, and kvetching. Yes, you know? kvetching. Yeah. Larry Hankin makes me laugh so much because he's he's like the crisis cop or whatever. And um, he's eating a donut while he's on the phone. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah, so he's eating a donut like just real whatever. This donut is stupid. I'm just eating it to eat it. And there's like a chunk of donut falls onto the receiver of the phone. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And while he's talking, it falls off, and it's just this little moment. But it's so funny because he doesn't even react, yeah, to anything about this donut. Like getting it on the receiver, having it fall on whatever he's doing. He's just like, "Listen, lady, um, are you know is is he choking? Is this happening?" <laughs> She's like, "No, I just need someone to go and check on him," and he's like. Let me get you with the police. Like, it's so funny. Here's another one of those weird uh, coincidences for the podcast. We have not recorded this episode yet, but we did watch this for the podcast back in October. It was recommended by uh, Dougie, Paul Duggan. Yeah. Behind the mask. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which I we still should record the episode for it. Oh though, yeah, for sure. You know, we even if it it's a Halloween, Halloween movie, it yeah. doesn't matter. I would still. It's a good. It's a good one. But do you know who the lead, the girl in that? No. Was uh, Angela Gothals? Is she the Linny. little girl? She's the cousin Lenny. Is she really? Yep. That's so funny. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. From Home Alone, yeah. Oh, that's really neat. I think um, one of the things that I think people forget about this movie is that it's such an ensemble. Oh, yeah. Even though it was totally marketed as just like a Macaulay Culkin movie. Because, you know, he does all of the, the pranks. Or, well, he's defending his house. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's like taking a Pelham 1, 2, 3. I always get self-conscious because... There's no way to edit around Benji crying in the background sometimes during the episodes. Uh-huh. But I don't want people to think that we're bad parents neglecting him. No. But when you hear him in the background, he's always with someone. Yes. Uh, right now, though, uh, as we were saying, taking a Pelham 123, mm-hmm. you went upstairs to get him because he was taking a nap. And mm-hmm. now he is sitting in my arms. Yes. And I'm positive. <laughs> That we're going to be able to hear him drinking Eating. his bottle. Yeah. <laughs> right now. So <laughs> I just don't want people to be like, oh my God. <laughs> What's wrong with that? Mike has a respiratory problem. <laughs> no, he's just, he's eating his bottle. So, yeah, I really like this a lot. I'm glad that I finally got around to watching it. Yeah, I'm glad that you really liked it. Obviously, my favorite parts is, as a kid were like, you know, when they break into the house and they keep getting hurt. And... Yeah. I think it's very funny that Daniel Stern wears giant rubber feet <laughs> afterwards. Yes. Which are very noticeable. It is really. a scene where when he's running outside, it almost looks like hobbit feet. <laughs> it does. They're huge floppy rubber feet because he, one of the things that Kevin does to protect his house is he puts tar on the stairs from the basement up into the main house. So... He loses his shoes and then he loses his socks. And then apparently Kevin puts, gets like a roof shingle and puts a giant nail through it and puts that on the tar steps so that, you know, whoever steps 
on the step there will step on a nail. So obviously Daniel Stern has to have rubber feet <laughs> on while he's doing that. And then, you know, he never gets his shoes or socks back. It's That's really the funny. only swear in the movie, too. They had a really hard time with Joe Pesci to not swear. Mm-hmm. And they got him to say fridge a lot and to just make up swear words. Oh, that's funny. But apparently, even if you watch it with closed captioning on, mm-hmm. Daniel Stern lets out a shit <laughs> on the stair scene. <laughs> it might be when he's slipping down the ice stairs, though. But yeah. Possibly. Well, yeah, because he. Um, and I think this is very clever as far as like protecting your house is to put you know, to run the hose or to pour ice Mm -hmm. or pour water all over your steps. Because there's like, um, you know, his basement, it's set in Chicago. So there's a basement to the house, but um, there's a door that comes up. Right. Which is common in a lot of Midwestern homes. Not a lot of them have it, but some do. And um, it's all concrete to get down to the steps that lead into the basement. (laughs) It's okay. Oh, honey, you just need to be held, honey bunny. Those stairs reminded me of the way the Ann Arbor Comedy Showcase stairs going out the back with ice over. Dude, those things were a hazard. (laughs) Eventually, they stopped having people exit that way because it was so bad. Yeah. Well, let's cut this one short because we do have a fussy baby who would like dinner. Yeah. But uh, thank you so much for making me watch Home Alone. You're welcome. I'm glad that you really liked it. It's it's a good one. It's one that I watch every year. So It really was. Some of these movies I'm feeling bad that I'm not going to get to experience for the first time with Benji. Mm-hmm. Like maybe some of these family classics that you're recommending might be better for me and him to see at the same time. Yeah, we can time. do that. But, you know, but then that's going to cut a lot of your movies up because I haven't seen a lot of the family movies that mm-hmm. I think are timeless and still are holding up that you're recommending. Yeah. Well, I'll I'll revisit. But then again, you know, if we didn't watch these together, then I wouldn't know to... um... That you would love it and that you would want to watch it with him. Right. I think for like holiday movies, it's one of those things where maybe we save them if we can. We're still watching Santa Claus 3. God damn it. I was really hoping I could get out of it. All right. I love you. I love you too. Okay. What do you have to say, Benji? You want to say anything to the people? Benji Bear. Can you give us a (laughs) bye-bye? He just tried to dive off the couch. So kind of. <laughs> I'm going to imagine people that listen to the podcast try to like stop it before they get to the bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>